Why do you think the unlicensed bands of frequencies that the FCC has set up for unlicensed non non-licensed ham operators to make use of those frequencies why do you suppose those frequencies were chosen you know it just so happens that um, one of my circuit simulations that I feed at 30,000 cycles per second sine wave one microvolt its parasitic frequency that it produces as a reaction using the properties of electrical reactants um, to manifest a humongous um, amplification of that input into uh, an incredible gain of power. That parasitic frequency just happens to be 150, uh, let me see, 150,000 cycles per second. That's and the license, the unlicensed band includes 170,000. I forget what the lower limit and the upper limit is. But that tells me that free energy circuits are part of the FCC knowledge. Because, look at it this way. When you're dealing with something like infrared, ultraviolet, you know, all the different bands of the electromagnetic spectrum, you can't make up anything. You know, oh, let's change the frequency of light. You can't change it. It's a signature of light. It's there. In fact, they use that signature to analyze the content of distant stars by spectroscopy, I think it's called. And they analyze the light beams coming back, what wavelengths are coming back, and that tells them what substances are inside the star being ionized. Well, it's no different with free energy. But because nobody studies it, Nobody's familiar with the fact that certain parasitic frequencies are going to be commonplace in order to have a free energy circuit operational and not blow up on you on the one hand or be comatose on the other, the two extremes. You want it right in the middle producing the power that you want it to produce. And that means the parasitic frequencies that are going to be producing your power are going to be pretty much around what I have already run across depending on the type of circuit you're dealing with, will determine what the parasitic frequency will be. And so they have made these, these unlicensed bands for a reason. Not, they're not just being nice to um, the wannabe uh, you know, ham operator who doesn't not sure whether or not he wants to get involved, or she, and uh, uh, what can they do to try out the medium to uh, bait themselves, so to speak, to want to get more involved. It's not just for that. It's because when a UFO owned by the military or whoever else you want to <laughs> designate, it's up, entirely up to you. I'll just say military for lack of a better term or for a lack of better knowledge. If they want to operate a free energy circuit, it, it's going to have the same characteristics as what I have run across. And so... The FCC has to make allowance for that so that when a UFO travels around, it doesn't violate the FCC, you know? You can't have one agency violating the rules and regulations of another and, what, they just turn their back? I mean, the rules and regulations are there for a reason, you know? So, it to me, it's confirmation that 
free energy does exist. It is um, a kind of proprietary sequestering of knowledge that is held in check from getting out in the open, so to speak. Yet the hints are there. If you know what to look for and know where to look in society, the hints are there. The knowledge is there, but it's up to us to get informed in order to properly analyze the situation. Otherwise, we're clueless. And we thought, oh, no, 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 UFOs don't exist, or if they do, it's a bunch of aliens. No, neither is the case. It's ours, but it's sequestered knowledge. And so a whole different style of physics and electrical engineering has had, and other various um, disciplines have had to have been modified to create holes in our awareness, and then the holes are made up for by giving us programming, brainwashing, effectively saying, don't bother looking at the man behind the curtain, it's a waste of time because it's bogus. And that's why the patent office goes to a lot of trouble and teachers, professors of physics and electrical engineering go to a lot of trouble to tell us, don't bother, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'll tell you, the, the thing about dividing by zero that's supposed to be not definable, I went and found that it's really, just to give you an example, it's a problem that has not been properly addre uh, addressed or phrased in the first place. It's not a problem of division by zero. It's more complicated than that. There are four problems. Infinity divided by zero, zero divided by infinity, infinity divided by infinity, and zero divided by zero. It's those four problems that if you can address all four, then you know what you're dealing with. But, but the fact that we only say division by zero and nothing else, we don't even de designate what the numerator is, only what the denominator is, and we don't even bring in infinity, which is no different than zero. It's just the opposite in polarity. But it's the same reality, just a different polarity of, of magnitude. Zero is a magnitude just like infinity is. It's a magnitude of emptiness. Is the glass half full, half empty? Well, is it fully full or fully empty? There's really no difference in magnitude between infinity and zero. It's just the polarity of orientation is opposite. And in one's complement arithmetic, at the basis of computer architecture, infinity and zero are the same absolute magnitude, only the their polarity of sign is opposite each other. So if you go and multiply one or the other by negative one, you get the opposite. You get its partner. Same magnitude, but opposite uh, reality, we would think, but it's really the same reality. It's limitless. It's just not, without a polarity in front of it, we don't know what kind of limitlessness it is. Is it limitless emptiness or is it limitless fullness, but it's still the same mag absolute magnitude. So it's those kinds of holes in our awareness that I've had taken, I have taken the trouble to investigate and figure out over the course of 66 year lifespan, but actually only 62 years of that, because <laughs> the first four years of my life, I didn't pay attention to anything. I was asleep. I was a zombie. But once I woke up, once my conscious mind woke up, um, on a daily basis, I started to study everything around me. And this is the kinds of things I've had to investigate and correct our infirmity, our, our disability 
for lack of a better term, of not bothering to investigate the whole story when we investigate any story. We just kind of go at it partially and and don't really bother being thorough. We lack thoroughness is, is the problem. Um, so I'm convinced now that free energy is a part of our life even though we don't recognize it as such and we don't believe it to be true and we're programmed to believe that it's not true. But this is a very strong hint that we do, uh, a few people at least do know it's true because they have to be accommodated, because they're busy flying around UFOs and they don't want to disrupt the bands of the radio band frequencies that are reserved for commercial use, because commerce is pretty important. Our society is based on commerce. The last thing military wants to do is upset commerce. You know, that's two areas of our of our society, the Department of Defense and the banking establishment, they don't want to encroach and disrupt each, each other's business because that would be hideous because our society is dependent on both. Not either one, but both and not much else. And so those are really the two kingpins of society is money and defense. And they have to work together to give us the society that we have come to want and participate, to want to have and, and support by way of our participation. Um, so they can't afford to encroach upon each other and they have to really make sure that at the very least they help each other by not encroaching on each other. That's at the very least, at the very least, because that is a form of help. <laughs> when you help each other is by not encroaching on each other. That's, that's you know, the least you can do. I don't know if they bother to do anything more than that, but <laughs> they at least have to do that much by not encroaching on each other. So that's why I say that UFOs do exist, they're not aliens, and they're ours. Because of this hole of licensing, this gap that does not require us to license, to become licensed, to be able to broadcast on those bands. It's because those are the bands of parasitic frequencies that are utilized by free energy devices powering UFOs and God knows what else. They have to be that freedom of motion, so to speak, um, so many degrees of freedom, if you want to say, um, has to be in place and preserved. And any time... The FCC creates new bands, and they do periodically do that, of uh, non-licensing allowance for us to make use of those bands. You can be certain that somebody has come up with another free energy device that is part of the Department of Defense, and we don't get to see it, that is operating its parasitic frequency in that band. You can be certain of it. Because the FCC does make those adjustments from time to time. Not too often, but from time to time. And it indicates to me that that free energy device is not merely experimental anymore. It's out of the lab and it's already in um, enough usage that it could be a problem if the FCC does not make adjustments. So it be, it's already pervasive in a sense, in its own sequestered uh, secret sense. Uh, not in a commercial sense, obviously, but in, a, in enough of a sense that it could be a problem if the FCC does not make proper adjustments to accommodate. So that pretty much terminates what I have to say in this podcast. 
Um, I thought it was a revelation. I don't know. Maybe you don't. <laughs> maybe you think it's uh, blasé, boring, <laughs> something to fall asleep on. But um, I think it's tremendous because it tells me a lot. One little clue. I mean, this is what Sherlock Holmes is known for, even though he's a fictional character, is attention to details. Because when you're dealing with a technological society, you cannot be otherwise. Gone are the days of vague... <laughs> Vague aphorisms, you know, ancient Greece. That's nice. It's, it's good to start with that for the children's sake. But when it, you get to be an adult, you got to deal with all these complex technicalities. I'm like, I just got this car. I'm still learning how to drive it. I thought it was a lemon. And it's just I didn't know how to deal with all the gizmos, features and buttons. That was really it was my fault. Because I'm 66 and I don't take to new technology very well. And a lot of older people don't. They're just like me in the same boat. They don't adapt very quickly. And I'm, I, it's quite a challenge for me. How do I lock the doors? How do I unlock the doors without sounding the, the horn and then waking up half the neighborhood in the middle of the night? I mean, my God, I, this has really been a challenge. How do I drive it? How do I change gears? Oh, my God. I'm sorry to bore you with my personal affairs, but... It's really, it really speaks a lot about what our society, the direction it's going in. And of course, the young people already know this. It's us older people that are having a hard time keeping up. <laughs> we won't be around for very long. But in the meantime, we're, we got our challenges cut out for us, don't we? Here's the clincher. The word is platitude. When government or anybody uses, utilizes platitudes to put you to sleep and turn you into a zombie and say, oh, don't worry about that, it's been, it's been taken care of, or it's nonsense, or any excuse imaginable, that platitude is intended to keep you from looking at the man behind the curtain, to ignore the details and instead think they're trivial, superfluous, or a lie, or a con job, and it's those very details that uh, you are being steered away from that could tell you oogles of volumes of insight into our society, the part that we're not allowed or encouraged to know about. And you would know about it like I do.